Hey, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the program. My name is William Hemsworth. It's great to be with you all again this week. Pleased to welcome back our guest, Thomas Salerno. Thomas is a he write, he's a freelance writer, editor, and he kind of writes at the intersection of faith and what he calls geek culture. Uh, so, Tom, how how you been, man? It's been a while since we talked to you. Hey, William, it, it, it's been great. And I, I know last time we we talked a lot about geek culture in general, but I'm right. excited today to kind of focus on uh, the Marvel superheroes, which are, you know, all the rage right now. And I'm, I'm a fan of them as, as, as uh, I'm sure a lot of your viewers and listeners are. Yeah, I'm excited. It should be a lot of fun to get some of those different uh, elements that are maybe hidden in these movies to, in, in regard to faith. So it should be a lot of fun, but before I get to that, I want to give the viewers, I mean, the viewers and listeners uh, your website. Can you tell us what your website is just so they can check it out? Yeah, sure. You can find me at thomasjsalernowrites.com. And uh, there you can find a, a list of both all the articles I've had published, as well as a page that has collected all the podcasts I've been on recently. So if you want to keep up with me uh, and my work, uh, certainly go there. And you can follow me on Twitter as well at, at Salerno underscore Thomas. Well, I'm pretty much on Twitter every day, updating you guys on my latest doings. So. Yeah. Yeah, so check it out, thomasjsalernowrites.com. And before we get into our topic, you, you have been on a lot of podcasts recently. What have been some of those shows that you've been on? Well, yeah, um, I was actually very pleased to be invited to join the, uh, the StarQuest Network, SQPN, um, a Catholic podcast network that's uh, run by uh, Dom Bettinelli and company. And they, uh, I've, I've been listening to them for a long time. You know, that, they include shows like Secrets of Star Wars Jimmy Aiken's Mysterious World, The Secrets of Star Trek. And now they, they have a Secrets of Stargate mm. show, which is great. And I, I've been asked to appear on their uh, Secrets of Movies and Television uh, podcast. So I'm, I'm going to be on there every once in a while uh, when we do. We cover uh, geeky movies, whether superhero or sci-fi or otherwise. And uh, I was also on uh, the Gracious Guest Show run by uh, my pal, Mike Creevy. He's also an SQPN panelist. And we, we had a great couple of shows talking about uh, science fiction author Ray Bradbury. And we just recorded a show talking all about dinosaurs, oh, fun. which is one of my other favorite topics. So, yeah, I've had a lot of fun going on podcasts recently. It's been a blast. Oh, great. And we thank you for coming back on here. But as you said, Marvel. Marvel is huge business. Obviously, they were doing huge business before they got bought out by Disney, but now even more so. So what 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 are some of the things between Marvel and maybe the faith that maybe we don't realize? I mean, where, where would you like to start off? Well, first, I'd say that like superhero uh, comics and movies in general, but also Marvel specifically, are kind of like our new mythology. You know, in previous centuries, you know, the, the, every culture had a mythology, whether it was the Greeks, the Romans, you know, um, East Asian mythologies. But us, at least here in the West, we've, we kind of have, you know, uh, both, you know, science fiction franchises like Star Wars, but also superhero comics is kind of our modern mythology. And those movies and comics and television shows kind of communicate the culture's wider values. And while sometimes that can be a negative because there's a lot of, you know, secularism and, you know, anti-religious ideologies in the culture today, still, I think these movies and comics and programs often can communicate underneath um, 
some Christian principles, you know, whether it's, you know, love of neighbor or self-sacrifice or heroism, because these things have been ingrained in Western culture for the last 2000 years. And I think whether sometimes whether showrunners and writers realize it or not, they may be doing it unconsciously, but they often speak to these um, tra um, traditional virtues, I would say, like heroism, courage, self-sacrifice. And Marvel's interesting because in, in the comics, and some of these characters have appeared on film already, um, a few of their characters are actually practicing Catholics. You know, for example, a Nightcrawler from the X-Men. Um, I first became um, familiar with that character through the X-Men animated show in the 1990s. And I remember there was a whole episode revolving around Nightcrawler where, where he was actually a monk at a monastery and he helped introduce Wolverine to scripture and to the Bible in that episode. That was interesting. And of course, like um, Daredevil, where there was the, the, the huge Netflix show for Daredevil, uh, that character is also a Catholic. And uh, Matt Murdock, Daredevil, uh, often goes to confession in his stories and works out some of his, you know, issues and when problems with being a vigilante, you know, in confession. So I think Marvel has always had that kind of, and I think more than, than DC Comics in a way, Marvel has been kind of more comfortable showing its characters having a, a religious aspect to their lives. And while that may not uh, show up explicitly in shows like the Marvel Cinema, uh, movies like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I think there's still a lot of meaty themes and virtues that we can discuss about those movies. Okay. Yeah. And one of the ones that we talked about before we went on air was the original Iron Man. Was it back in 08? I think it was. Yeah. So what, what about the original Iron Man um, portrays some of those values that maybe we miss? Well, yeah, I think that movie is fascinating. And it, and it, and it was a good movie for them to start out with because Tony Stark is kind of a complex character. He starts out in that movie as, you know, this vain, shallow, rich guy, corporate CEO, you know, he's very prideful because he's a genius. And he, 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 court, he sort of like, he, he, he kind of uses people too, in, in a way, like you see him, you know, like, uh, you know, just seeing people either as customers or like women that he can date and stuff. And he doesn't right. also really care that his business of weapons manufacturing hurts people. And of course, early in the film, he ends up being captured by terrorists and held hostage. And he gets to see firsthand that because he wasn't really uh, running his business in an appropriate way, he wasn't taking responsibility for some of the underhanded things his company was doing, that, you know, his production of weapons was leading to people losing their lives, you know, people being displaced, becoming refugees. And so as he invents his first Mark I Iron Man suit to escape imprisonment, and in, in doing so, he, he ends up losing a friend of his who helped him to escape. And when that person right. loses their life to help save Tony Stark, his dying words to Tony are, don't waste your life. And for the rest of the movie, Tony is atoning for his previous sins. He uses his superhero persona as Iron Man as a way to make restitution for the evils that through his negligence his company has committed 
You know, he goes around destroying the weapons caches that are being used by terrorists and rooting out the evil Obadiah Stane character who is corrupting his company. And so I, I think that there's a lot that we can learn from Tony Stark's character arc, not just in that movie, but over the entire MCU, you know, from Iron Man 1 to Avengers Endgame, where he is becoming more of a complete person. He's learning responsibility. He's, he's learning self-sacrifice. I mean, but by Avengers Endgame, he's, he's a father, you know, and, yeah. and he has this daughter who he's, he's willing to sacrifice everything for. And I, I think it's just, it, it's a very uplifting message to see that we, we are created for, for something more. Um, I came across a, a quote the other day. Um, it's pretty famous because I've seen it in other places as well from uh, uh, Pope Benedict, where he had said, you know, we are not called to a life of comfort, but to a life of greatness. Yeah. And I think Tony Stark definitely learns that over the course of his character arc. Right. And you mentioned Endgame. And obviously, Endgame is a, I guess you can say it takes place over a couple long films. Uh, <laughs> but right. what can First we... First Infinity War and then Endgame. Yeah. Right. I guess, what, what can we learn? The combination of those two films, what, what are some of the things in those films that we see that maybe go, that go unnoticed as well? Yeah, those films are interesting because Infinity War kind of ends on a, a downer note. You right. see, our, our hero, the Avengers, we're used to seeing win. They lose. And I think especially, and then uh, Endgame itself opens on kind of a dour, almost you know, depressing opening. But I think what's important is that uh, the major characters never lose hope. They never succumb entirely to despair. You know, even though they've they've lost, uh, Thanos has seemingly, who is the, the villain of the piece, seemingly gets everything he wants in terms of unlimited power and, you know, able to, you know, essentially kill half of the people in the universe. But the Avengers never lose hope. I mean, some of them do, but others are able to keep the home fires going in a sense. You know, they... They, they never stop fighting. They never stop trying to find a way. I know T Tony Stark is one of the main characters who is doing that, trying to find a way to fix everything. You know, and I, I think that message of hope is really important, especially over the last couple of years. You know, we, we've had uh, just this whole COVID emergency has been really, I think, eating away at at people's hope. I know there, this is kind of a grim thing to talk about, but, you know, suicide rates are up. Yeah. You know, people are, are losing hope. They're thinking, you know, what, why is this happening to us? Why the, the, the perennial problem of evil, why would God let this happen? You know, and I think we can look to heroes like the Avengers and also real life people like the saints as kind of models that even when things seem at their, their most grim, their most dark, God is working behind the scenes to bring good out of it. I mean, like, look at, think about what the apostles must have thought, you know, the 12, the people closest to Jesus. When mm -hmm. he was crucified, they had put all their hopes on him as the Messiah. And he had tried to explain to them previously, you know, the son of man must be handed over to sinners 
and crucified, but it says explicitly they did not understand his right. saying. So when they're finally confronted with that, you know, they lose hope, they retreat to the upper room. But then everything is turned inside out, upside down. God tramples on death and Jesus is risen, you know, to a new life, fuller life. And he offers that to, to all of us. And it, it's a sign that no matter what the world throws at us, whether it's terrorism or war or COVID, that we don't have to be afraid of a final defeat because God has already defeated death. And that, that's Amen. funny because Thanos, his very name is from the Greek word Thanatos or death. So it's almost like when the Avengers defeat Thanos, they are kind of like Christ figures in a way, defeating death, trampling on death. That's interesting. I didn't real, I didn't make that connection. You know, I was thinking the whole, um, you know, Thanos like a Satan character type thing. Mm. I, that's, that's what I was thinking. I didn't make that connection with, with the whole Greek origin there. So that, that's uh, that's pretty interesting. Now, Tom, what what are there any other and I admit, I haven't seen all the Marvel movies. I've seen some of the newer ones. What are other, what are some of those other elements or other characters that um, that are out there that maybe we can learn something from? Well, my favorite Marvel superhero is Captain America. Okay. And it, it's funny, as, as also a fan of, of DC comics, I like to say that Captain America is the most DC-esque of Marvel's <laughs> superheroes. Because like the... It's common to say among comic book fans that the Marvel characters are the characters you relate to and the DC characters are the characters you look up to and aspire to be. And Captain America, although he's a Marvel uh, property, is like the DC characters. Like He shares many similarities to Superman in that he represents the best of us. You know, Superman stands for truth, justice, and the American way. And so does Captain America. He kind of represents what America should aspire to be. And we all know that this country has made mistakes and has some, you know, blots on its past, but we should always aspire to be better. And I think Captain America represents that. And, and not just um, for the country at large, but for us as individual citizens. You know, in um, uh, Captain America Civil War, which was a very important movie for the MCU because it kind of begun the it kind of began the story arc that would culminate in the arrival of Thanos because it showed the Avengers kind of coming to blows with each other. So when Thanos did arrive, the Avengers were not there, you know, front and center. You know, they had been divided. But in that movie, um, there's an interesting scene where Captain America is uh, giving a eulogy at a funeral. And he gets up and, and he states that, I, I don't remember the, the quote exactly, unfortunately, but the, the thrust of his eulogy is about never giving in to evil, never giving in to uh, falsehood. He, he talks about planting yourself like a tree and standing for the truth. You know, and no matter what come, no matter what storms or floods or landslides come in, to just stay rooted in the truth. And he says, hey, now I remember, he says, when the entire culture and society is telling you to move, say to them, no, 
you move. Hmm. And I think that's an important lesson for us today because we know as Christians that, you know, there's a lot of elements in society today that are telling us that we need to change what we believe to suit, you know, the wider society, to right. suit what people want the freedom to do. But we're saying, no, there's, there's a greater freedom in following God's will and his commandments that's greater than just following your own, you know, personal desires or, or appetites in a way. And the entire culture is telling us, no, you have to move. You have to change to conform to this new outlook. And we should just follow Captain America's example and say, no, you move. These are my principles, and I'm sticking to them. And I think that's that's an important message for all of us as individuals today, because because it can be a little bit scary to do that, you know. Right. It, whether it's you know your job may be on the line or relationships with family or friends, but I think Captain America is a great role model in that way for people to stand firm in the truth, because there is a truth. Okay, not yes. truth for me or for you, but there is a truth, and we stand firm with the Lord, you know, the way, the truth, the life. Oh, that's powerful. All right. Great stuff. So Tom, of, of, of course we follow each other on Twitter. Um, do you have any writing or anything out there that about coming out about Marvel or do you have stuff already written on your, on your blog or anything? Yeah, actually um, it's funny. The first uh, article that I had published back in 2020 was about uh, a Captain America comic uh, called Captain America White. And that was a story focusing on uh, Cap's relationship, his sort of, uh, his, his relationship with his best friend, Bucky Barnes. And that was an interesting story where I explored the different kinds of Christian love and how, you know, we can interact with, the, with, with those ideas. And that, that was on uh, uh, the website Voyage Comics, who I've had a very great relationship with. Recently, I've been writing a lot of articles for a website called Brainy Pixel. They are a um, Christian uh, animation studio, and I've been writing for their blog about the new uh, Marvel television show, What If, which is a very neat animated show on Disney Plus that explores what if one thing in one of the Marvel movies was different? Oh, interesting. It runs with that and it explores like, and there are a lot of interesting themes in that about destiny and fate and, and with, with, with the, the, what the choices you make, how do they affect you and other people, even on the cosmic level, right? Because we're, we're making these decisions throughout life and ultimately they're moving us towards either a life with God for eternity or a life separated from him, you know, for eternity. And our choices have cosmic significance. And that, that's kind of an interesting theme that is uh, th throughout that show, as well as just the idea that, that God is interested in us because a chief character in that show is a cosmic being called the Watcher. And he almost represents kind of the deist idea of God, this God who just, watches the universe play out but doesn't interfere he like created but then just went off to do his own thing and is just kind of watching along right and in one of my upcoming reviews i contrast that with the christian idea of god who is intensely interested in every one of us and who became incarnate 
in the world in in Jesus Christ. He did not abandon his creation to sin and death. So I'll I'll be reviewing uh, those uh, episodes for Brainy Pixel, and also I have a review of Spider-Man No Way Home, the new Spider-Man film uh, that should be coming out um, tomorrow. I think that that's uh, Tuesday, the 18th of January. So okay. uh, look forward to that. Very interesting. Now I'm curious, as far as No Way Home, and of course, if you're giving, I don't want to give any spoilers out, but if, well, of course, this will post after the article publishes. What are some of those themes in there? Because that would... I really enjoyed that movie. It's one of the few I've seen recently, but what are some of those themes in there we can learn from? Oh yeah, that was a fascinating movie because I really felt that it had a lot to say about compassion and mercy for oh, people yeah. who, who may not deserve it. I mean, there are, you know, from our perspective, you know, there are a lot of supervillains in that movie. I won't spoil exactly who, who do, heinous, ter terrible things. And Spider-Man could easily have abandoned those men to their fate. Mm -hmm. But instead, he chooses to try to redeem them in a way. He, it, you know what it reminded me of? The, the parable of the lost sheep. Oh, where, okay. You know, it says, where at the end, Jesus tells the crowd, that the son of man has come to seek and to save what was lost. And that seems to be what Spider-Man is doing in that film. There, these men, these various supervillains are lost in darkness and sin. And they are kind of wounded through both their physical mutations and deformities and also their psychological trauma. And he tries to find ways in the movie to possibly cure these men. You know, to, to, to give them a second chance to make better choices. And I thought that was interesting because, you know, Jesus calls us to love our enemies, to do good to those who persecute you. And rather than in a lot of superhero movies where it's good guy, punch, bad guy, the end. Mm -hmm. I mean, this one kind of explored what a superhero might do to help reconcile with the villain. And I thought that was very fascinating. Yeah, I, I thought so too, because in a, in a way, you know, it was a way to get rid of, um, get rid of evil by combat. Not, not, not least, I can't talk today, apparently, Tom. All right. Not just doing the violence of the bad guy, but actually digging deeper and finding out why the villain is the way that he is and what you can do to fix that. So I thought it was a really nuanced view of uh getting around that it was very fascinating i, I think it made really made the movie because no spoiler alerts that's you know if you haven't seen it just go watch it we'll leave it there but uh <laughs> <laughs> but uh do you have any other writing coming out i know you mentioned the one about spider-man i know on twitter you've mentioned that you've been writing uh, quite a few articles recently um uh, you have any other ones coming out anytime soon yeah, I actually should have an article coming out for uh, Bishop Barron's Word on Fire site okay. that is kind of like my exploration, but my kind of defense of superhero movies, because I've seen a lot of people dismiss it, right? It seems like every time one of these movies comes out, you have some Academy Award winning director or some culture critic come out and say, these movies are garbage. These movies have nothing interesting to say. They're not even really filmed. 
And, and unfortunately, I see some Christian culture critics take a similar line. And I'm like, no, th these movies are important. Like I said at, at the top of the show, I think they represent the new mythology. And just like Christianity, in a way, baptized the old mythologies, the Greco-Roman myths, which now as Christians, we can read and find all kinds of positive virtues and positive elements in them. I think it's important to sort of baptize the new mythology of superheroes and find those elements in them that are good. Because I think that the, the new generations are really responding to these films. I saw Spider-Man No Way Home in a theater packed with like 20s and younger, like teens and 20 year olds. And they were ecstatic at this movie. I, I think it's important to meet young people where they are to try and find out what it is that is connecting with the younger generations about superhero films and find out if, if there is that there I because I believe there is plenty of good that is almost priming the imaginations of the younger generation to be open to what the gospel has to say. Great. Great stuff. The website again is Thomas J. Salerno writes. Tom, you have any parting words? I mean, again, I appreciate you for coming on and talking about this topic. It was very, it's, it's fascinating. Because, you know, we go to the movies and I'm kind of guilty of this and it's kind of an escape. You just kind of watch it to do it. But then when you realize that there's other elements in there, it brings a whole other dimension to it. Do you have anything else to, that you wanted to share with our viewers and listeners uh, today before I let you enjoy the rest of your day? Oh, yeah. I Well, I would say, first of all, um, enjoy what you enjoy no matter what you know kind of pop culture like stuff it is whether it's superhero movies or star wars don't ever let anyone like get you down for enjoying that stuff i see a lot of that on social media lately and where people say like oh it's, it's just escapism there's nothing you know profound about it it's a waste of your time i would say no it's not a waste of your time and that any art worth its salt is worth examining for right. these kind of themes. And, and to not just stop at examining those themes, go to the source, go to the scriptures, go to the writings of the great saints and explore deeper. If, if, you're, if your appetite is whetted like mine was by uncovering these themes, go and explore deeper. Uh, you know, I've, I've had a great time over the past a uh, year and a half, two years, discovering a lot of the great writings of our church by first thinking about these ideas through pop culture. It opened up a whole new world to me. And I think that if, if you're into geek culture the way I am, I, I think that, you know, you can follow a similar path and, and just there, there's a whole new world out there of, uh, of, of spirituality and and relationship with God for, for you to discover. Great. Again, the website, thomasjslernowrites.com. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. Thank you, William. It was a blast. And uh, I hope to see you again soon. All right. God bless. Take care. Take care. God bless.